Hello, this is Gail and Catherine, and we're stopping by to invite you to a special online event on February 15th from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. Women Over 70's Aging Reimagined Circle is featuring Rebecca Seib, the well-known podcaster, author, and activist. Rebecca will guide us in an interactive discussion using her new book as a jumping-off point. Make her story your story your guided journal to justice every day for every woman. This is a free event. To register, just send an email to info at womenover70.com or visit our website for details. We hope to see you there. Hi, I'm Gail. And hi, I'm Catherine. Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, our weekly podcast. Our signature is sharing stories of vital women between the ages of 70 to 100 plus who shatter the myth that we become irrelevant as we age. Be sure to visit womenover70.com, make a donation, join Aging Reimagined Circle, and visit the Books for Women section. Invite us to conduct a workshop or speak to your organization. We share relevant clips from podcast guests and offer numerous programs to enrich women's lives. And Bindi, we are so excited to welcome you today to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Bindi Bitterman is 90 years old. She lives in Chicago and was referred to us by Ricky Gold, a longtime colleague and marketing communications expert. Just this year, Bindi published a children's book entitled Skidly Diddly Scat. The illustrations are beautiful and the story is a limerick. Bindi's husband, an artist who worked in metals, passed away in 2012. Bindi owned a funky, popular antique shop in Evanston, which was sold in 2016. In 2015, Bindi moved to a senior retirement community in Chicago, the Admiral, and has many positive things to say about living this way. Moving there, she told me, is bringing out the creative side of her. So, Bindi, let's start the conversation and tell us about your book and what moved you to publish it at this time. <laughs> well, the <laughs> I I'm a natural limerick writer. I I had been writing limericks as a and and other verses, never serious poetry, but um, just verse of all sorts until I got married. And then I was married for 48 years and had four kids and had the antique shop and helped my husband in his work. He was an artist in metals, as you said, and I traveled with him and did stuff. And I never wrote a line, except maybe <laughs> sometimes at holidays with gifts and stuff. My kids truthfully never really knew that I could write. Oh. <laughs> But when I moved here, and I actually, um, it's complicated, and I won't go into how I started writing again, but I did. No, we want to know, how did you start writing again? Well, somebody fixed me up on a blind date with this guy, and we were having dinner that first night, and he suddenly leaned over to me and told me he was a limerick writer. And I thought, 
holy cow, what, what are the chances of me meeting a male limerick writer? I never knew men wrote limericks. It turns out there's a whole tradition of men writing limericks, and most of them are not clean or women-friendly. <laughs> However, we'll skip that. So anyway, that, that night when I got home, I limericked him a thank you note on the computer. Mm -hmm. And for the six months that we saw each other, we limericked back and forth on the computer. And it started all those juices running again. Uh -huh. And then I joined this computer thing called AWOD, A Word, A Day. And they send you what might be a perfectly ordinary word. I think today's word or one, one word this week was raz or jazz or something that was easy. But sometimes the words are like lexifus or some, some word you never, ever heard of and will never <laughs> use again. And you don't have to, that doesn't have to be your rhyme word, but it has to be incorporated in a, in a five-line limerick you can submit several if you want, and it has to make sense. They give you, they give you the derivation. They give you the part of speech it is. They give you how it's used and what its meaning is. And oh, they have a worldwide audience of submitters. And you think you're okay? You think you can write a limerick? And then you see some of these. <laughs> they have a list on Sunday, and if they accept it. They accept yours, you know, you're on it. And I make that list a few times, but some people are just so witty and they're so good. And I think I'm a pretty good limerick writer until I read some of the other ones. And I realized I have a way to go. I've heard some of your limericks and, and we're going and you're going to read some to us later on. Yes. And so uh, others will hear them too. You're, you're pretty good, Mindy. You're right up there with some of the best. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So uh, tell us more about um, Skidly, Skidly Diddly Scat. Uh, how did, what's the story behind that book and who is it for? <laughs> it, it wasn't for anybody. I mean, I have been known to write limericks in my sleep. Sometimes, every once in a while, I'll wake up with a five-line limerick fully formed in my head. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I know that sounds really weird, but it's happened. Well, skinny diddly scat must have just come to me as a line with no rhyme or anything, just skiddly diddly. And I thought, boy, that. I bet kids would like that skiddly diddly scat. It has a certain, I don't know, it has a, a, a rollicking sort of sound to it. And I really like that. So when I, when I came up with just that line once, I wrote it down. And then I thought, well, cat rhymes with scat and laundromat rhymes with cat. <laughs> and then I thought, well, if you have a, Oh, I guess I'm, I can't really remember the sequence of this, but the first, the first five lines are Mike, a mouse in a nice laundromat, frowned at Meyer, a cat who came in and just sat, skiddly diddly scat. Okay, so then you have to have an enemy, and an enemy of a cat, of a mouse, obviously, is a cat, 
and cat rhymes with laundromat. And what name am I going to give him, this enemy? Well, Meyer rhymes with dryer, so maybe he's <laughs> Meyer. And that's the way this whole thing came about. It came about just, you know, inch by inch as the song goes. And I, it, so I wrote about a third of the way it is now. And then I noticed that um, a, a woman who's writing and whose mentorship um, for children's writers, I, I, had, I had met her before I had taken a class with her before, was teaching a class at the Newberry Library. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, well, I'll take this class. This, of course, was before COVID. And um, I'll take this class. And we'll see if I can do something with Skiddly Diddly Scat. <laughs> so the class had four, uh, some were writers and some were artists, and Esther, who was the teacher. And I don't remember if it was eight sessions uh, or four, it must have been eight sessions, couldn't have been four, because within that class, I rewrote it, I revised it four times, made it longer each time. Because she said, you know, there really isn't enough conflict and you have to have a reason for the conflict and you have to have a way to resolve the conflict. And she gave me all these these tips and things. And when I had revised it four times, she said, Bindi, you have a publishable book. Yes. (laughs) So then what you have to have in today's society, you have to have an agent. Okay, go find an agent for a limerick. I don't think you can find one. There are thousands and thousands of agents on the internet. But when I approached any of them, and I must have approached a dozen, saying I had a book-length limerick for children, I couldn't get a single agent to look at the book, Mm -hmm. let alone accept it. Couldn't, couldn't get anyone to look at it. So I just stuck it aside again. Of course, it had no illustration. Now, here comes the magic part. And I do think this book came about by magic. I, now, mind you, my husband, who, had, who died in 2012, was an artist. And we knew a lot. He was a metal, metal, uh, metalsmith. But we traveled an art circuit with a lot of visual artists. Mm-hmm. And one of them, and, and my husband didn't die until 2012, but he stopped touring in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's important. So anyway, here it is a few years ago. And I spilled coffee in my computer. (laughs) Enough coffee to wreck it. Oh, no. Yes. So, of course, I bought a new computer. But it is possible to retrieve data from your computer. And I did that. And when I retrieved data, it went all the way back to the year 2000. And lo and behold... Our artist friend, our fine artist friend, Rich Sigberman, who lives in the San Francisco area, 
had written us in the year 2000 saying he was now doing children's book illustration as well as his fine art. But of course, in the year 2000, I wouldn't have paid any attention to it because I wasn't doing anything like that. <laughs> so when I got the... Um, it's amazing that, how things happen. <laughs> that, right. I mean, I'm telling you, I think it's magic. So I wrote him and I said, Rich, how the heck are you? You know, I haven't talked to you since years and years. I hear you're doing children's book illustrations. Send me a sample, please. And he sent me about three different samples. And one of them, I thought, oh, this is just perfect for Skiddly Diddly Scat. So the book was kind of born. But I have to tell you, and you mentioned at the very beginning how much I appreciate the support of the Admiral, the, the, the full title of which is the Admiral at the Lake, because there's a strip club called the Admiral. Not to be confused. don't want to confuse those two, no. <laughs> so this is the Admiral at the Lake. And there's, you know, several hundred people living here. And, of course, I had to pay for the illustrator because that's how he earns his living. But friends and, and neighbors here really, and, and not only here but outside, made it possible for me to do this book with very little other money. I had to pay for the illustration and I had to pay for the printing, um, but I didn't have to pay legal fees because we have lawyers here who were willing to help me. Um, and, and so the whole thing was partly, you know, that's how I could do it with a minimum. Oh, and I, I'm really bad with a computer. I'm sure a lot of your fans are also bad with computers, although probably it's not as bad as I am. But I had a lot of help with that, and I still am getting help with that. You know, the the uh, cover of the book is so appealing, and I wish our, our listeners could see it, but we'll post it in our Facebook group. The, uh, the cover, and because it's it's so appealing. And, and if you have children, you are just going to want this book for your children. It, and the inside, it, it's just a terrifically well done children's book. And um, you have it in a few bookstores, right? Oh, yes. And, and by the way, for to follow up on what you just said, there is a QR code inside the front cover. And I always tell people, please listen to that before. If, if you're not really good at reading limericks, and a lot of people aren't, if you put your cell phone on the QR code, you will hear me reading it. Oh. <laughs> then, you know, you will get a, a hint of how you can read it yourself. Yes. It, is, it is in about five Chicago stores. And... Um, one, one store called Booked, which is on Main Street in Evanston. It's a children's bookstore. And they are taking orders. The other, the other stores, I think you have to go in. Um, I'm not sure if you called those stores. Um, one is Unabridged, Unabridged Books on Broadway near Belmont. Mm -hmm. um, 
One is the book Seller in Lincoln Square. One is um, the book Stall in Winnetka. And then there's Booked. I think those are all the stories. Oh, and then there's St. Charles has a store called uh, The Book. I don't know, The Book something. There's probably, and it's got a cafe attached to it. They have copies. Mm-hmm. Um, These are all places. listed in the show notes, Bindi, so people will be able to see where to buy them. I'm sorry, what did you say? These are all listed. The places to buy your book are all listed oh. in the show oh. notes. Okay. So people will if, know. Okay. And, and on my website, bindisverses.com, there is a picture of the cover too. So they can. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 That's great. So so that's quite a, an adventure you had with this. And uh, I hope you have lots of luck with it. I'm curious to know, you know, I have friends who live in Evanston and have for many, many, many years. And uh, when I mentioned you and your antique shop there, they knew about it. So just tell us a little bit about your antique shop in Evanston. <laughs> It was not a normal antique shop. If if your concept of a of an antique shop is furniture and light fixtures and lovely paintings on the wall and stuff like that, that's not what Eureka was. Eureka, of course, translates to I have found it. And so um, my partner and I <clears throat> used to sell things that you, either you never heard of, you never knew existed, or for instance, once in our window, I don't know, women, you, I'm not sure if you have to be 90, but you certainly have to be over 70 to remember those permanent wave machines that had things <laughs> hanging down. For, oh, God, know, yes. <laughs> we, we had one of those in our front window once, and um, with with a, a tin wash tub and a ringer. I mean, we had all this crazy stuff that nobody would ever want, except people did, to my surprise. <laughs> and we had a lot of early advertising, tins and signs, and all, and then we and we had theatrical stuff and movie stuff and sports stuff, especially Chicago, especially the Cubs. And um, what else? And political. Oh, well, political wasn't antique. Some of it was, but you know, we, uh, you know, whoever was running that we liked. We, in fact, my <laughs> husband used to say, "You're not running an antique shop. You're running a salon," because people would come in all the time and just hang around and talk and about, especially about politics. Oh, uh-huh. and, um, so it was. Um, it was a very fun shop, and um, I don't think I could be involved in anything that wasn't fun. I don't, I don't either, knowing you. <laughs> where, where was the shop located? Well, that was a problem because it was a block away from Main Street in Evanston, but it was on a one-way street, and the cars went the wrong way. Oh. <laughs> so, so we probably were not as busy as we might have been, but um, anyway, it was, you had it a long time, though. What you had it a long time—thirty-five years. 
We ne- but you know, we never made a whole lot of money. We just eked out a small profit that enabled us to keep going. Money was not both my partner and I had husbands and they were employed. And <laughs> I, I mean, we weren't doing it for play. You know, we were really serious about it, but sure. we never made a whole lot of money. I had asked you when we talked uh, what being 90 means to you. Do you want to tell me what you think about that? I can't figure out how that happened. (laughs) I mean, my mother lived to six months before 95, but she was, well, and she became senile, but not until six months before she died. But my mother never went anywhere or did anything. I mean, she just knitted. She stayed in the apartment and knitted or she shopped downtown, but she never did anything. She was a wife. Mm-hmm. And my, I had two sisters. They're both, they were older than me, but one was only two and a half years older than me. And both my sisters died. Um, I I don't know how I've lived this and not only lived this long, but knock wood, I'm in really good health. It's it's interesting because now I'm going to be 91 in March, and just maybe in the last three or four months, I'm kind of at a precipice where now when I walk outside after about three blocks, I'm I'm breathing hard and I either slow down or, uh, but I can dance. I can't dance long, (laughs) but I can dance and I exercise every day. Um, I don't know how it happened. I don't do anything special to, you know, I take vitamins, but so does everybody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I have no answer for that. But since I've had a terrific 90th year, I'm looking forward to what happens next. (laughs) Have you always had this wonderful sense of humor? You know, I think if, if my husband were around now, I would not be the person I am. (laughs) I think my married life was mostly built around other things, other people. Um, my kids, of course, but and my husband uh, and the shop. And I think my sense of humor has developed since I've retired. I, I'm not even sure that's possible. I, I don't know why it would be. But <laughs> That's what it seems like. You have a rich sense of humor. I'm sure there were elements of it always there. So, Henry, yeah. you, have, um, you have some verses to read to us. We'd sure. love to hear them. Before that, Catherine, did you have a question? Oh, I just have a lot of questions. This is delightful. I, I um you have such a wonderful sense of play. So maybe since you retired, the your humor and sense of play got got together. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> had a party. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I do have a, a question about the admirable uh, admiral at the lake because so m- many of our, our listeners are contemplating uh, a time when they might move to some kind of community, retirement community. So I just wonder, what else can you tell us about what it's like to live in a retirement oh, community? You know, if you like people, and if you, I mean, if you're an introvert, I don't know if you'd be as happy as I am here. Although one of the advantages to living in a place like this is that you can do whatever you want. You can, you can not do anything. You can just stay in your apartment and come down for meals and, you know, and, but we have wonderful programs, um, uh, current events-based programs and social programs. And I'm in a play reading group. And sometimes we put, before COVID, we used to put on plays. Mm. Um, If you like music, we, we have not only do we have musical people coming here, like the Chens who are, um, He's the concertmaster of Chicago Symphony, um, and his whole family is our oh, violinists. Yeah. They come here, and we have wonderful programs, uh, both fun and and current events related. This is a very involved community, and I say that because not all retirement communities are, and not all people want to be involved. But if you want to be involved, this is definitely a good place for you. It is not inexpensive. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful about that, but, but they're very careful too. And we do have lifetime care. So if something happens to you while you're living here, you are guaranteed lifetime care. Um, it might not be, you know, the most super care in the world because Nobody can afford that anymore, but it is good, affectionate, warm, caring care Mm -hmm. with registered nurses and good doctors and all that sort of thing. Um, And the most you, you will meet people and, and, you know, there'll be a lot you like, and there'll be some you don't like, but you'll find yourself, I think, in a community that is really warm and welcoming and supportive. I mean, it, I, I had 300 books printed. At the book launch, the first night I did a program here, I sold 60 books. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, people here and outside, of course, too, but people here continue to buy it. I know it's a good book. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying they're buying it just because they're friends of mine, because I know that isn't the case. But to be supported like this is so gratifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful. Right. Thank you. Thank oh. you. Okay, so uh, what uh, what verses are you going to read to us? Oh, well, here's one, one of my favorites. Well, first I'll read the very first one that I wrote here. Um, I don't remember what the title was, but it was, um, 
Oh, what was it? Well, never mind. I don't have it in front of me. So I'll go to something else. This one is called facades. A pair of most feminine eels were dying to try out high heels, but their teeters and totters made their dad sigh. Oh, daughters who would think I could raise such schlemiels. <laughs> oh, and I, I remember the other one now. A woman named Vivian Valance was known far and wide for her talents. But the best one, I suppose, she could stand on her nose. How's that for a life lived in balance? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Go ahead, read a few more. Um, this one is not a limerick, and I just wrote it the other day, and I'll read it, and you have to, I took a few liberties, so you I do that a lot with language. <laughs> um, it, I'll, I'll preface it by saying, you know, Robert Burns, the Scottish poet, he had that line, Awad, the power of the gift he gives us to see ourselves as others see us. Okay. Uh -huh. so okay. Awad, the power of the gift he peer us to hear our friend. Oh, because this, I should say, because I'm hard of hearing, and this is for the hard of hearing. Awad, okay. the power of the gift he peer us to hear our friends as our friends hear us, to join a group, not sit aside, to just for once, let our brain glide instead of working overtime. Thanks, Robbie Burns. I'll sign this. I'm Bindi Bitterman. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Okay. All right. Here's one called caffeine. People say I have energy, but you should see me when I'm in a rut. I'm logy, lethargic. My only cathartic, but you've already guessed it is. What? A cup of good, strong black caffeine, and I'm instantly feisty. I mean, I'm an energy ball. I can run down the hall. I've the get up and go of a team. Oh, I forgot to reveal. I'm no chicken. It's amazing. I'm still lively and kicking. With coffee, I'm 20. Decaf, dolce far niente. Without coffee, I'd be panic-stricken. And for those of you who don't know what dolce far niente means, it means pleasant idleness. <laughs> that is really wonderful. <laughs> and I think we're going to leave it there. I think so. <laughs> would you have anything that you'd like to say in addition, something you might have told your younger self? Uh, anything I you know nothing has been planned don't think you have to plan exactly where your life is going because maybe it won't and that's fine so that's about all I have to say except Gail this has been lots of fun and thank you so very much oh you're very welcome we we enjoyed having you very much and thank you, Bindi. And listeners, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review wherever you listen. Also, visit our website, womenover70.com, and easily access all of our episodes. Become a member in the Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined Circle and enjoy programming beyond the podcast. We'll see you next Wednesday on Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined.